Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. Good morning. Hello, cool kitter. Yo, you cool cats and kittens. What are you doing? We're just watching kittens. It's National Kitten Day. But I'm allergic to cats. I just want kittens. You've got kittens. Kittens? Kittens? Kitty! Never yell at kittens. Yes! Showtime! And this right here, it's your KC Baby, what's the word, Kansas City? A happy Monday to the KC Morning Hoes. I'll be honest with y'all. Today's show is rather significant, if I may say so myself. She announced yesterday that she is running for governor of this state, the Show Me State, running for governor of Missouri, Crystal Quaid. And she will be joining us in a matter of moments right here on your KC Morning Show would be the first female governor in the history of this state. After that, Alad Gross, the homie Alad Gross, back on your KC Morning Show. He is running for attorney general. I mean, come on, y'all. We get big names on this show. I tell you what, rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do. Kansas City, back in your feeds tomorrow. It's a good day, a damn good day to be a Kansas City. My name's Hartzell. We'll see you in the morning. Bye. That creed, a creed at the core of every American whose story is not yet written. Yes, we can. The KC Morning Show. Hi, I'm Crystal Quaid. People say politics can be tough. I tell them, I can handle it. When you come from nothing, you fight the odds your whole life. Growing up here in Missouri, we lived on food stamps and leftovers that my single mom brought home from waitressing. Before school, I'd go to work with her. And after school, I'd go back and do my homework to wait while she finished her double or triple shift. When the dust settled, we found hope on a gravel road. A good factory job for my stepfather and a house we could afford. I became the first in my family to graduate from high school. Paid my way through Missouri State and then started my own family. I committed myself to helping families like the one I grew up in. Now, I'm a leader in the State House, where I've stood up for workers against big corporate special interests. Sponsored a law to stop China and Russia from buying our farmland to squeeze out Missouri farmers. And I'm leading the fight to restore our abortion rights. I'm not worried about bullies like Jay Ashcroft because Missouri has never seen a governor like me before. Ashcroft uses fear to score cheap political points and divide us. I'm running for governor for one simple reason, because parents who are working extra shifts today have children who need to beat the odds tomorrow. For 
the first time on your KC Morning Show, hopefully the first of many, many times. She is the state rep for the 132nd District, been there since 2017, has been the state house leader for the Democratic Party, serving as the house minority leader. That was 2019. And now, as you have seen and heard in our intro, Crystal Quaid is running for governor of Missouri. My friend, welcome to the show. Why the hell are you doing this? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And I love that question so much. I'm doing it because I'm tired of the way Missouri government has been going or not going is a better way to say that. You know, I've been in the legislature for seven years now, and each year it becomes more divisive and less work is getting done for Missourians. And I'm just tired of it. Tell these folks a little bit about you, Crystal. Again, we're on the Kansas City side. You've been kicking butt in Springfield, but also in Jeff City. So for some of us who are getting a chance to know you for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I appreciate that question. So I grew up in Southwest Missouri in kind of a more rural part of our state. Most of my early years, my mom was a single mom. I highlight it in the video and I think it's really important to kind of highlight where I come from. My mom waited tables for my entire life. You know, I come from a background that most Missourians can identify with where families struggle to make ends meet. My mom had to utilize government resources when necessary. And when my mom got remarried to my stepfather, he moved us to Webster County, Missouri and worked in a factory actually. And so so because of the great job that he had, I was able to be the first in my family to graduate from high school, which is something I'm very proud of and went on to Missouri State, got a degree in social work. And, you know, bottom line is I'm a mom, I'm a, I'm a social worker. And I first ran to be a state representative when I realized everything I wanted to do as a social worker was dictated by public policy. And that public policy was often written by folks who had no idea what regular people were dealing with. That's why I jumped into government to begin with and uh, what brought me to where I am now. And that's one of the things I, I noted in your announcement video, you know, your backstory for folks who are experiencing some of those same situations. You know, in your situation, you stayed here and now you're doing great things here. But how much are you worried that we're going to lose folks because of the economic realities or just the realities of day to day life in Missouri? Yeah, it's definitely a concern. And I think it's a concern both in our urban and rural places. You know, you go right. to these small right. communities and getting young folks to stay in a state like Missouri is really, really tough. We have teachers who are leaving every day, doctors who are leaving every day because of our social policies. And it is a real problem. And that's honestly one of the reasons that I stay and fight is because I come from a place of privilege now where I have the capacity to try to make change and make life a little bit easier for folks in Missouri. So I'm going to stay and, and do my best. So before we break down some of the policy issues you want to get to as governor of Missouri, can you just kind of lay out how does everything operate in Jeff City currently? I would imagine you're running because you want to shake things up. But before we shake it up, what's what's it looking like now? Well, I would use the word not operating <laughs> instead <laughs> of operating. I've mentioned this a couple of times you know, throughout today, and I've been in Jeff City for seven years. And each year that I've gotten there has been more divisive and less has gotten done for Missourians. This past legislative year, there were the least amount of bills passed into law outside of the year of COVID than we have seen in Missouri's recent history, like in our lifetime. And that is a representation of the current state of affairs in Missouri government. You have these Republican supermajorities where they're just fighting with each other all the time to get the biggest soundbite to be the most extreme. And so we're getting national attention for ridiculous reasons and they're not actually governing and we're not doing anything to help Missourians themselves. 
And so, yeah, Jefferson City right now, you know, folks hear the headlines about defunding public libraries, ludicrous fights over diversity, equity and inclusion, or whether or not I can show my bare arms on the house floor. It's wild and it's frustrating because, you know, folks send us there to make their lives better, to invest in Missouri. And that's just simply not happening. So Rep Quaid, how can you make our lives better? How are you going to walk with us as you do this? I appreciate that question. You know, the the role of the governor is one that is just fascinating for a multitude of reasons. But first and foremost, the governor's office handles all of our state departments. They are in charge of the folks that work at Children's Division who are responsible for protecting our kiddos. They are in charge of the folks who are running our revenue offices, deciding whether or not Missourians are waiting for three hours to get a new driver's license, right? There's so much that the governor's office is, is doing in terms of the administrative level. But then also, they set the tone for the budget and for what the priorities are for our state. When you look at where Missouri is investing, we have a lot of room for improvement in investing in our infrastructure, in our people, in our state agencies. Everyone knows the statistics, but we are the lowest teacher pay in the country. We are the lowest state workers in the country. We have the highest crime rates in the country, one of the highest numbers of maternal mortality rates in the country. These are things that the governor's office can set a tone and prioritize to make it different. So how can you bridge this, I don't know if it's real or not, but this narrative that says the urban versus rural divide? Number one, is that real and how can you fix it? And I guess number two, if it isn't real, how can we change that narrative? Um, my honest answer to you is it's, it's real and it's not real, right? There are stark differences between lives of people who live in rural Missouri and people who don't. Like I currently live in the third largest city in the state, but I grew up on a gravel road. There are stark differences, but there are also so many things that are the same. Folks, regardless of where they're living in our state, are still struggling to make ends meet, still trying to find jobs and housing that is affordable. My goodness. You know, so there are still challenges that cross over that divide, so to speak. I think as as a candidate trying to represent the entire state, it has to be done in a both and. We have to be spending time in our cities and especially, you know, not even talking about the campaign side of that and how we, we find a pathway to victory, but we've got to be talking to our city folks to find out what they need to make their lives safer, to make their cities you know, thrive because they are economic engines of our state. But then we also need to be paying attention to our rural communities that are getting smaller and smaller and folks are struggling and poverty rates are also out of control, right? And so it has to be a both and. And I think for too long, especially Democrats in our state, we feel like we've got to pick one or the other. Do we spend all of our energy in rural Missouri? Do we spend all of our energy in the cities trying to increase turnout? The answer is, is we've got to do it all and we've got to show up everywhere for everyone. So let's break down, if we can, quickly some of the policies. I'm on the website now. We've got to get abortion rights back in this state, protecting farmland. And, you know, I juxtapose that with some of the folks that you're running against, which, you know, I'll say it so you don't have to. It seems to be a bit of a nepotism squad over there, an anointed race, not just for the primary, but they think it's anointed for the governor's mansion. Let's get all the extremism out of the way. Let's talk about policy, Rep. Quaid. What is it that you want to bring in a different capacity to Jeff City? Well, the first thing I'll say is I hope that we actually get to talk about policy in this race because you're spot on that the the extremists in the Republican Party right now, because they're just trying to outdo each other for the primary, you don't even get a chance to talk about public policy anymore. And it's so frustrating. And I know that Missourians are frustrated by the nonsense. But yeah, when we get down to the brass tacks of the policies that you've seen in my video that you'll continue to hear about, 
We highlight abortion access in our video to kick things off because absolutely we know that's going to be a priority issue. It has been a priority issue, not only for me, but for voters. And I can say that as somebody who represents folks in Springfield, Missouri, right? Like I knock doors of Democrats and Republicans every single day. And when I talk to folks, regardless of where they are on the political spectrum, they are frustrated with this government overreach. They are frustrated by government continuously attacking freedoms, whether they're freedoms within our doctor's office or freedoms as a parent to decide what's best for your kiddo or freedoms for a small business owner to be able to dictate what happens in their business, right? It is this constant thing. So reproductive rights is definitely a part of the conversation. You'll continue to see more beyond that as we highlight those freedoms that are under attack. We do highlight the foreign ownership of farmland in our state. And that's something that the last couple of years post-COVID has really becoming more of a top priority for folks that I talk to. But several years ago, Before I was a legislator, the Republicans changed the laws in our state and made it so that foreign entities could purchase up our farmland. Now, it's really hard to find an accurate percentage of how much land is actually owned by Missourians. And as I mentioned post-COVID, what I'm hearing now from constituents is that they're really worried that another thing like COVID happens and the very food that we are growing and producing in our state, we don't have access to. It's amazing that, you know, during COVID, we had bare, empty grocery aisles when we are literally have so much cattle and we have so much soy and we're producing so much in our state that folks didn't have access to. And people are worried about that. And we've seen an increase in that conversation. And so we'll continue to talk about that. Public education is going to be a huge one for us, as well as workers' rights and making sure that folks earn living wages and are able to provide for their families. The list goes on and on, but those are kind of some of the highlights. And can I just say thank you explaining the situation that comes to farmland in Missouri. Thank you for explaining it in a way that is not just overtly xenophobic or dog whistly, because it seems, again, that's just the narrative of the extremism. And we can be bigger and better than that in the show me state. Rep Quaid, before I let you go, what's your pitch for Missouri? I know we heard some amazing things about the policy. We know about your upbringing a little bit. Can't wait to hear more. What do you say? How do you pitch your state? I want Missouri to be a state that folks are not only proud to live in, but feel safe to live in, that folks feel like they will be able to raise their family here and be able to not only just survive, but actually thrive. And that's the kind of state that I want my kids to grow up in. I want my kids to want to stay here and not leave. And I think that is something that we can do. And that is something that is attainable for all of Missouri's citizens. And I want to make that happen. Rep Quaid, it's that time. Where can folks go to find you? Plug the websites, my friend. Thank you. The website is just crystalquaid.com. It's Q-U-A-D-E. And then I am on, oh, I think, all the every social media platform, including the new threads. <laughs> so oh, yeah. All over the place. Representative Crystal Quaid, she is the House Minority Leader for the Democratic Party in the State House and is now running for Governor of Missouri. My friend, will you please come back on the show and give us some updates? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, thank you. It's go time. We appreciate you. I know how it feels and you ain't got a friend. You're a long, lonesome way from your home. Slave like a dog And you ain't got a thing that you owe I know how it feels When you walk on the street And you don't see a face that you know And I know how it feels To work till you drop And it's 10,000 bills that you owe I know how it feels I know how it feels I know how it feels I know just how it feels
feels when you got calloused hands and blisters on both of your feet. You can't pay the rent, so the men take your things and they throw you right out on the street. I know how it feels to join a union, speak up like a man and fight. I know how it feels to march and sing when you know that your fight is right. I know how it On your KC Morning Show back in Kansas City. Let's not step on that lead. Elad Gross, my brother, he is once again running for Attorney General. Welcome back to KC. How's the coffee? We're at Blip Coffee, by the way. How, how was it? This is great. My first time here. And thanks for thanks for the recommendation. It's been wonderful. So how has everything been? We talked, let's see here. Last time we chatted, the sunshine request, we basically had confirmation of what you already knew, that, um, you know, our AG office is kind of (laughs) gross. A little bit. Well, I guess technically I'm trying to make it grosser because my name's a lot gross now. So, you know, that's tough. I you teed know. you up for that, yeah, didn't I? You did. You did. You hit it right out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, we've actually had a few developments, and it, it is even grosser than we thought. Actually, there was another ongoing case outside of some of the work that I was doing on our public records law. They determined that Josh Hawley, when he was the attorney general, not only violated the Sunshine Law by trying to hide a bunch of records about how they were using his office as like a campaign front, but not only was it, you know, just a run-of-the-mill violation, it was done knowingly and purposely to help his campaign. And that is now going to cost taxpayers almost a quarter of a million dollars because of those violations. So we get to pay for him getting to use our state offices to campaign for Senate. And that's that's pretty gross to me, I would think. Ooh, that's a word for it. Yeah, that is bad, a yeah. word for it. But see, this is, even as I hear you explain that, see, this is why we need folks like you. We need well-intended folks who are going to get in the weeds of this. Yeah. Like we said, it's a show-me state, a lot. Yes. you got to show me that what you're doing is on the up and up because for so long, it ain't been on the up and up. You're 100% right. I mean, look, like Missouri's Sunshine Law, we were at the forefront in the 70s of public transparency, good government, all of these things. Republicans, Democrats all came around to doing this together. Now we've got, unfortunately, Republicans and some Democrats too. They just believe that they own their offices instead of that they're serving for us at our pleasure, right? It's just sad to see folks who who are basically trying to take government away from the people of Missouri. And uh, I think it's about time we open up our government for all of us again. You've made the run before. Yes. You've learned, you've lived, put all the miles on the car. What's different about this one? What makes this moment so unique and, you know, helped you, I'm sure, get to this point where you said, you know what? I can't not do this. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right. I feel very strongly about Missouri. It's it's my home. I've lived here my entire life. I used to work at that office as an assistant attorney general, and some of the proudest moments of my legal career have been standing up and saying, "Your honor, I'm here on behalf of the people of the state of Missouri." 
And even after I've left, I mean, a lot of, all of the work that I've done has been representing folks who've been wrongfully incarcerated, government issues like the Sunshine Law to make sure it's transparent, all of these things representing Missourians in our interests too. That's a powerful office, and it's one that can do so much good for all of us. That's a good question. Like, well, you know, you did this before. What's going to be different now? We had such a great base of support to start out this one because we traveled everywhere. We visited with so many people, all kinds of backgrounds. We, we built this coalition around that last time. So, I mean, we've already got over 400 volunteers for the campaign. We've got this huge infrastructure built up already. We're, I mean, look, we're traveling all over already. But this is different because I think we're starting with that base where folks realize why this office is really important or realizing it a lot more now. I mean, heck, there are people who are coming to our meetings who aren't Democrats, Republicans, or anything. And they're just interested in seeing good government in Missouri. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to try to reach everybody wherever they are, and uh, we're going to do a lot of stuff with dogs, too. So I'm sure that will be great. You got Liberty Bell underneath the arm. Hello, baby. Say hello. You're doing radio. Oh, yeah. That was a hell of an answer. Thank you, Liberty <laughs> Bell. Thank you for that. Can we double down on what you just said? Because I know there's folks in the car right now who have heard of the name Attorney General, might be loosely familiar, and maybe what they know they don't like, especially if you think about the last few Attorney Generals we've had in Missouri. What are some of those opportunities within that office? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the Attorney General's office, there's about 200 attorneys there. You can structure it how you want as the Attorney General. Lots of different areas that we work in. Consumer protection is a really big one. There's public safety. That's a whole division there. Fraud. There's a lot of different kinds of prosecutions that you do from that office. But there's also some of the defense of the state and on different issues and constitutional law. I worked in multiple divisions while I was an assistant attorney general. It touched on a lot of things. So, I mean, I'm, I'm running to sue a whole bunch of scammers, a whole bunch of them, including those in our government, unfortunately. I'm running because we need to start Missouri's first civil rights division in the history of our state. Other states have it. We darn well need it for a whole lot of reasons. We can have a statewide plan to reduce violence. Like right now, we see those maybe on a regional basis, oftentimes on a neighborhood basis. But if we had a statewide effort to reduce violence in our state, that would be huge. I mean, we'd be able to allocate resources to making sure that we're preventing crime, not just prosecuting it. There's a lot of things that we can do from that office, a lot of very exciting things. And obviously, with Liberty Bell here, too, we can end puppy mills in the state of Missouri. It's about time we get that done. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sure she would uh, be upset if I didn't mention that while she's on the radio. Well, I told you that this is going to be Liberty Bell's legacy, that she is going to single-handedly be the face of getting rid of puppy mills in Missouri. That's exactly right. This furry little face is going to end it. <laughs> Before I let you go, as you have been listening already to people and you've been going door to door and putting the miles on both your car and your feet, Democrat, Republican, not political at all, you know, what are they saying? What are we missing? I think what we're missing in Missouri is real leadership, like people who actually want to be in leadership roles to represent us. Right now, they're doing a great job representing big corporations, heck, even big government right now. But they're not doing anything to represent normal folks like us. When you're listening right now, just think about it. Last time that our attorney general, really anybody in our elected office, held a town hall and wanted your input, they're not asking for your input because they don't want to represent you. That makes it too hard for them to do whatever job they're doing for somebody else. And I think there's a lot of folks who feel the exact same way and would like to have an attorney who actually represents them. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what all these elected officials are supposed to do too. And I think we just need to start holding them accountable. And the attorney general plays a very big role in doing that. The folks who are occupying that office, 
And just the last two, three years a lot have tried to end trans-affirming care. They have sued the public school districts all across the state of Missouri. That is what these folks are using that office for. I mean, they're using it to run for something else. They're not using it to serve us. And all these cases we keep hearing about, we're losing money on them because we keep losing all these cases. And if you ask our attorney general right now, how much money have we lost on this stupid lawsuit against China that even Donald Trump didn't want you to file? How much money have we lost in all of these cases against school districts that we keep losing? And now Lee Summit has them held in there for a counterclaim. How much money? And their answer is going to be like, I don't know, because they don't track that, because they don't care, because they don't want to be transparent with you. That's not what a serious attorney does. That's what some politician does who just wants to be next senator or the next governor of Missouri. We need like a real lawyer in that office. That's what we need. I mean, that student loan case yeah. that just came through the Supreme Court. I mean, that was Missouri. I know this is a tangent. How did that have standing? Well, it's uh, <laughs> what's wild about that case is that the Missouri entity that does all that work with financial aid and you know all, all of these financial packages for that and the student loans, they didn't even want to be a part of the case. Justice Kagan had a really interesting dissent about going through standing there. It's interesting how a state can say we're being harmed when it's hard for them to show that they're actually being harmed, but this organization is that doesn't even want to be in the case. I mean, great question. It's Great question. Just, I not only bring it up, not just due in the insanity of it all, yeah. but listen, Missouri is a big-time player. We're not just flyover country. We are the heartland and an allied gross administration in the attorney general's office. Give me day one. Give me front and center, top of mind. What can we do to hit the ground running? Oh, yeah. Well, so before all of that, we're going to have a transition team in place. Going to have great people on it, not just attorneys, too, but like folks from the community, obviously attorneys who know what they're doing. But like, how do we get people's input into the office? That's going to be so crucial. So on day one, we're going to be able to implement all of these policies pretty immediately. That civil rights division will be there from day one. We're going to reboot the lawsuits against scammers. We're going to have this plan to start reducing violence all throughout the state. We're going to have all of these things in place on day one. Look, I've worked there. I know how the office should work. And I know from this vision of how it can be a better representation of the people of the state. I'm really excited. We're going to make a big splash very quickly. And we're going to ask for people's input throughout the entire process, not just before we're elected, but certainly after as well. So we'll require town halls all throughout the state. As your attorney, you should be hearing from your attorney. Well, you know what also is required for an interview like this? It's time for you to plug the website, my friends. Where can people go to find you, Alad Gross? Yeah, well, it's not hard. There's not too many Alad Grosses out there in Missouri. There's another one who's like, you know, some nuclear physicist or something, but different country. Uh, yeah, so Alad Gross, that's E-L-A-D, gross, like disgusting.org. So go to aladgross.org and you can get involved, volunteer, donate see where we're going. We're traveling all over the state. would love to see out. And you would love to see Liberty Bell. So my friends, go follow. Follow along with Alad. Did you just look up? She didn't look up. She is perfect and adorable. And my friend, I am so happy to see you. Welcome back to Kansas City. You'll be back soon, yeah? Absolutely. All the time. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. Time is on slipping into the